Thank you everyone for tuning in to this conversation. My name is Yapsara Tab. I am a senior design for social impact major here at IWU. And I started facilitating these conversations last semester as part of my senior thesis research, exploring the well-being of black women in America, more specifically and predominantly white institutions. And I had the privilege of holding incredible conversations with faculty, student, and staff here at IWU. This conversation is with Dr. Sarah Farmer. Dr. Sarah Farmer is a professor in the Theology and Ministry Department. She's a practical theologian who teaches community development and philosophy and theology here at IWU. And I had the privilege of having incredible conversation with Dr. Farmer starting last semester. And we talk a lot about the importance of self-care and holistic care more specifically for people of color and predominantly white institutions. So Dr. Farmer, thank you so much for your willingness to hold these spaces with me and provide so many incredible resources. And without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Dr. Farmer, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Yeah, that's good. So how is, you said your Friday was pretty busy. Friday, yeah, it's been super busy today. I wasn't expecting um, to kind of get into, like most of the, the busyness is getting into meetings that I weren't, I wasn't actually planning for. Mm, so yeah. That's why it ended up being busy. Um, yeah. yeah, usually I, I have, this is a little lighter than mm -hmm. typical um, but yeah, it ended up being super busy, so. Yeah, oh man, Fridays are crazy. So last time we met, we talked a little bit about uh, the importance of self-care yes. and like the well-being of Black women. So I want to talk a little bit about that and just have a conversation about what it means to care for yourself, like holistically. So what are your thoughts on that? Man, I think you you named a key piece is that um, we have to care for ourselves holistically. I think sometimes, um, and I'm I'm speaking particularly in the academy, um, um, and I'm I'm going to particularly say the academy in the West. Um, sometimes there could be a fragmentation um, of our of our bodies, um, of our like you know that there's a fragmentation between the mind and the body mm -hmm. and the spirit, you know, since we're in a Christian institution, mm -hmm. um, but that there's this fragmentation. Um, and when we come into to spaces, we come in as thinking beings mm -hmm. and um, we're expected to kind of leave um, other parts of ourselves out of the equation. So we come mm -hmm. in and we're, you know, we have to be objective. Um, mm -hmm. We have to, you know, um, be competitive. Um, we have to, like, there are certain things that I think um, kind of is expected of us mm -hmm. in the academy. Mm -hmm. um, and holistic care, I think, is about recognizing that, one, when we come into wherever we go, we bring all of us, our body, mm -hmm. our mind, our soul, our spirit, mm -hmm. um, and that all of those things are worthy of investment and care. Mm -hmm. And if we don't care for every aspect of ourselves, mm -hmm. um, that we actually end up lacking or or not being um, able to to give our full selves in whatever 
capacity we're supposed to show up um, in the spaces we go. Yeah, wow, that is so true. And that's so important to bring our whole selves like into any spaces that we enter. So what do you think are the things that like prohibit us from bringing our whole self? Man, um, well, one, I think, um, I think kind of um, there's this sense that if I bring my whole self, I don't know if um, I'll be accepted. Mm -hmm. um, and so just this sense of um, a desire for belonging, but not knowing if um, the space that you're at will fully accept mm -hmm. all of you. Yeah. You know, they might accept this piece of you, this part of you, but may not fully accept all of you. And so I think that in some ways prohibits um, kind of you bringing your whole self into the picture. Mm -hmm. um, I think also kind of stereotypes, mm -hmm. I think as um, particularly as black women, mm -hmm. um, if you, you know, sometimes you don't want to be seen as the stereotype, stereotype. So whether that's the angry black woman, if mm -hmm. I, if, you know, if I, if I'm too assertive, Mm -hmm. maybe I'm seen as a harsh or angry um, mm -hmm. and then they'll just continue you know I'll be dismissed um, mm -hmm. or I won't you know I won't be heard and so I think that can be just you know like the stereotype about your demographic can also mm -hmm. kind of prevent you from bringing your whole self mm -hmm. into the into you know I think there's also a sense of fear mm -hmm. um, fear of not you know being good enough fear of not you know adding up um kind of like the imposter syndrome mm -hmm. i think what makes the imposter syndrome worse particularly for black and brown people is there is this um there's this book uh where is it uh presumed incompetent i think is what the book is called mm -hmm. but there's this sense that even you know as a, a a person of color you have to um prove yourself you have to work twice as hard mm -hmm. um and you know whereas others perhaps have grace you have to prove yourself mm -hmm. and so i think that's also um part of it so i think all of those kind of you know your own fear of um kind of not even i think a fear of not being seen as uh like uh, uppity or mm -hmm. <laughs> um kind of like you know you got it all together type thing. I right, think right. there there can be some fear of that. Um, mm -hmm. it's a, you know that quote where it says our, um, our uh, where is it? Kind of talking about our, our most, our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate, but that we are powerful beyond measure. Mm -hmm. um, and that we end up shrinking back so that others don't feel insecure around us. Uh, yeah, and so yeah. that kind of thing I think also uh, prohibit us. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, yeah, I agree. I feel like a lot of times, especially um, as people of color and predominantly white institutions, it's always like, I feel like there's this unconscious space we enter into of like, even though like it may not be verbally communicated by the people around us or by the environment, there's just sense of like, since I am the only one or since there's only a few people that look like me, I have to carry everyone like I have to represent I have to you know like speak on behalf of everyone which you can't because you're one person and your experience is very different than another black woman so like 
it it, it does hinder your um, well-being a lot because you're it's a hard work trying to prove your credential or like your worth at the same time um trying to not fit into those stereotypes that you, you mentioned earlier like the angry black woman or the strong or like so many of these little things that we like don't usually like even when we don't think about them we're living in them in our everyday lives so yeah yeah and i think like yeah when when you are the only one part of the challenge is this kind of pressure that you do have to represent well like mm -hmm. you know this might be the only professor that some students see so how right. you know Mm -hmm. you know what does that mean for how I represent myself or how you know mm -hmm. um and so I definitely think there is this kind of burden to yeah. like you know yeah prove yourself for sure yeah last time we talked I I quoted you on my presentation and I you said something along the lines of um uh people of color and predominantly white institutions are often uh like extracted from like as being the like educators are like looked towards, especially in the matter of race, to be like the oracles of like that topic. Like, and I feel like that in itself is uh, a burden and hard. Like, even though like it is a good thing to carry like these conversations. And one of the books you recommended, um, I think there's two of them. Yeah, that one, the yoke. Wait, yes, heavy yoke. Black women's uh, burden of strength. She talks a lot about how like, black women are praised for this, you know, so-called strength and like this composure that they we have, but that sort of hinders our ability to fully like show up as ourselves as like human who are um, who hurt, who cried, who are angry. So like, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that. Okay. What are um, your thoughts? <laughs> Man, I, I think like, I mean, everything you said, um, I think that there is this kind of myth um, or expectation mm -hmm. um, for Black women to be strong. Um, and it's, it's something that society believes, I think, about Black women. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also something that we internalize and mm -hmm. we want to portray right. um, about ourselves. And I think, um, so you, you kind of talked about just, um, just in the sense of, uh, you know, wanting to be seen as, as strong physically, mm -hmm. um, emotionally, um, even spiritually. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that what's hard about it is that means that you don't have moments where you can show weakness mm -hmm. um, because then, you know, that hard exterior mm -hmm. gets lifted down. You don't have spaces where you can kind of like be yourself right. and it ends up kind of working working against you and I, and I think it's important too for like cuz and I'm thinking particularly about my family right so I've I've been raised by a single mother mm -hmm. and a lot of the women in my family are like I mean they we have a very matriarchal family that's starting to change now but mm -hmm. it's usually been strong black women right yeah. in in my family they have kind of perpetuated the family mm -hmm. um and I think it's important to know that's not because they wanted to, that's because right. they had to. Mm -hmm. And so they had no choice but mm -hmm. to be strong. They had no choice yeah. but to be resilient. Yeah. They had no choice but to care mm -hmm. 
mm -hmm. or their grandchildren, right? Or their nieces and nephews. They had no choice but to be a mother to like, you know, um, people that they didn't give birth to. Like, right. it, it wasn't like, um, it, it wasn't really a choice. It, it was mm -hmm. kind of what they had to do. And right. so like, I think um, what ends up happening is it starts to manifest, right? So like, you're being strong, but then actually, physically, you know, you wear that, right? You, right. you wear that burden, you know, with some of the chronic diseases like diabetes and, you know, just some of the chronic disease, obesity. Mm -hmm. I know for me, like, just physically thinking like, you know, you, I wear my, I wear it, right? Mm -hmm. um, emotionally, you know, right. whereas um, there's this mental exhaustion, but then you also, Oftentimes, particularly in the Black community, in communities of color, there's this um, stigma against, you know, mental health and against getting help. And so right. physically, mentally, and then um, in the midst of um, social isolation and social, social alienation, kind mm -hmm. of where you are in the academy, right? And mm -hmm. so I think all of that, you know, becomes like super hard to kind of carry. Um, yeah, you don't have spaces. Right, yeah. I think it was, like, as part of my research the past semester, I was reading Angela Davis's uh, Women Race in Class, and she talks about how, what you literally, what you just said, how, like, the Black family has been forced into this matriarchal structure, not because that was a choice, just because, like, it's just this like caregiving like stereotype was attached to black women because they had to care not only for their children but also white babies they raised so i think that inherently is still perpetuating in our culture even though it's 2021 it's like we still carry this like composure of like i have to have it together and i have to be quote unquote the exception or i have to be you know and that's a lot of pressure on black women to always just uphold those things either like intentionally or unintentionally in these spaces so that's absolutely good. yeah and how so how have you in your um when you're in school or now like how are you finding either like safe spaces or like how are you finding ways to care for your well-being either in community or by yourself? So I'll, I'll, so I think that's the first thing is that um, kind of giving myself permission mm -hmm. to care for myself and to invest in myself, which mm -hmm. um, I think you have to give yourself permission because sometimes I don't always think the church gives you permission, right? Mm -hmm. If you invest too much in yourself, it's looked at as selfish or um, kind of self-indulgence. Mm -hmm. um, and so you know, the church doesn't always do it. The academy certainly mm -hmm. doesn't always do it because there's always something due. There's always something you have to produce. Right. Um, and so um, I think the first thing is just giving myself permission to set boundaries for myself. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, um, particularly around if there's anything toxic to be able to, be able to say, I don't have to mm -hmm. uh, do that. Or even just like the ability to say no Mm -hmm. um, even to things that's good, but the ability okay. to say no and say, okay, what is God actually calling me to do? How is God calling me to invest myself in this particular moment, in this season? Because mm -hmm. you might say the thing you said no to today might be the thing you say yes to tomorrow, but today mm -hmm. 
is not healthy for me or today is not the best thing for me. And if I go to that space, I won't be able to give fully. Right. And so, um, so I think that giving permission, I think also, like you said, is just finding, you know, alternative spaces that mm -hmm. are not in the surveillance, like where I don't feel like I'm under surveillance, like mm -hmm. where I can be myself. And so, you know, mm -hmm. I always think about when the slaves, you know, came over mm -hmm. um, and they needed spaces to worship, they went to the Hush Harbor. So they created mm -hmm. an alternative space where they could freely express themselves. They could do the ring shout. They could, you know, they could just, you know, engage in the type of worship that was organic to who they were. And yeah. I think being able to find those spaces mm -hmm. um, with whether it's sister, like, you know, this this uh, last semester, I was in a group called Sister Scholars, where it's just uh, Black women who are in the academy, um, either pursuing or already have their PhD. Mm -hmm. And we're just writing. We're just like on Zoom and we're writing. And in the beginning, you know, we have like, we have this thing where we're trying to kind of navigate, like, mm -hmm. you know, wh what do we need to know to mm -hmm. succeed in the academy, you know, that type of thing. And then we're just holding each other accountable to the writing because oftentimes, Mm -hmm. In these spaces, you get called on, like you say, you get called on to do a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is the space for me to like write and be okay with it. Like I have yeah. sisters that's telling me and giving me permission to be okay mm -hmm. with yeah. taking this time yeah. to write. Mm -hmm. And so just that, finding that community. Yeah. Um, and so that's some of the things I think about in community. But the other things that I do just personally, kind of on an individual level, mm -hmm. like candles, like I love Bath and Body Works mm -hmm. candles. Yeah. I'll have like all my candles set up and now take me a warm bath with some mm -hmm. bath bombs and bath salt and I'll put my music on yeah. and I'll listen to my audio book and I'm just like in my space and it really mm -hmm. does like refresh me, you know. Yeah, it's so nice. Exercise, yeah. Um, yeah. Eating, eating healthy is harder for me to do, but when I do it, yeah. when I do that and when I exercise, I feel like I've invested in myself. Mm -hmm. And I've reoriented my body toward life. I've reoriented my mind toward life. Mm -hmm. um, when I do that, um, treating myself, hanging out with friends, puzzles. I love puzzles. Um, art, worship, chocolate. Yes. <laughs> all the good things. Journaling. Yeah. So yeah. Those are some of the ways in which I've um, spending time with God, you know. Yeah. That I've kind of great. tried to take care of myself. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think like you do have to let, like you do have to give yourself permission. Like you have to like release yourself of like the pressure that society puts on you, which is hard. Like I think that's, I haven't mastered that. I am still learning like what things to say no to or like what things like fuel me or what things give me energy and what things are like extracting too much from me. So that is definitely a practice, but it's so, it's so worth it. And it's so rewarding to like invest on yourself and like on, like in your community. I think last time you talked a little bit about like community care and that, how that's also important. So like, I think as people of color, oftentimes those are the spaces we seek out and like we create, even when it's not provided, we, we do find those spaces to, um, to just be like ourselves and bring our whole self like unapologetically just like be there without having to like prove anything or without having to say a certain thing, look a certain way, you know, have your hair be in a certain, you know what I mean? Like you can just be 
you can just be, you know, without, yeah. Yeah. So I think you could just be without producing, without doing. Yeah. Being precedes doing. And so you have to have those spaces to be so that when it's time for you to do, Mm. you can do well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, And I also think the, the whole thing about permission, because Sometimes we give ourselves permission. At least I'm maybe I'm just speaking to, for myself, okay? But sometimes <laughs> we give ourselves permission, but then we feel guilty. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah, I relate so much. Yeah. And so it's also not just giving ourselves permission to do it, but permission to to guilt free to be yeah, guilt free okay. when we do it. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. I I am so like I am guilty of that because like if I do like try to prioritize rest or like try to prioritize myself or like time just to do what I like in the back of my mind is like I have said no to this or oh no like I should be you know like it's it's easier for us to stretch ourselves too thin I mean mainly because like a lot of um, things demand our presence but I think being okay with like having time for yourself is so important yeah, and it's yeah. it's not the responsibility of someone else. It's not the responsibility of my institution. Mm-hmm. But it's my responsibility, and right. um, and it's not a luxury. It's it's like a necessity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, what advice as we wrap up? What advice would you give um, Black women, either students or faculty or anyone that is in our position or in our presence in this institution? I think I would say, um, one, find a community um, that can help give you permission to, to invest in yourself and to care for yourself when you, you can't give yourself that permission, to find that community that can like hold you accountable and care for you mm-hmm. um, through that. Um, I think also uh, to stay connected to um, to God through this process. Um, yeah, and I just, I think just uh, learn what you have to say to yourself mm-hmm. when you feel guilty about giving your, learn what you need to say to yourself, learn what narratives you need to tell yourself. Like for me, I have to tell myself that me taking this time is is not just about me, but it's about how effective and how how I can give like how mm-hmm. like how I'm able to fulfill God's call mm-hmm. like um yeah yeah wow that's wonderful thank you so much do you have any last minute things to add or I think just you know as people of color we have to we have to stick together and we have mm-hmm. to support one another yeah and we have to learn how to love each other and to I don't know, to care for each other. Mm -hmm. So I just, yeah, we have to create those communities where we can survive and not just survive, but we can thrive. Where we can keep hope alive Mm -hmm. in the midst of like daily assaults against who we are. Yeah. Yeah, stay, yeah, definitely stay connected. uh, Create that like safe space for ourselves and also just cheer each other on you know like carry through and community is very very important yeah cool thank you i really appreciate your time
this conversation. I want to give a special shout out to Nick Wright for allowing me to use a little bit of his new music called Rise Up and it is incredible and I hope you guys go check him out. The song is on all platforms and you can also go find him on Instagram and there's a link provided for the song. Thank you Nick and thank you Dr. Farmer for this incredible conversation about holistic care and I hope you guys have a wonderful day.